one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It is the original podcast, Originals Podcast. I'm joined by Chloe and by Dan for this one. Uh, no, Paulie's not very well at the moment, Paulie. unfortunately. Oh, Paul stop it, no. Yes, indeed, Dan. Yeah, he will be here all week, um, thankfully. Um, <laughs> we've got loads to talk about today, actually. We're going to talk about uh, Manchester City and Liverpool. It's coming on the horizon, 12.30 kickoff at the weekend and stuff. We're going to talk about Liverpool's fixtures over the next what six weeks give or take and how we think we could do and obviously we thought we'd better talk about the point deduction for uh, Everton uh, and what this could potentially mean for the likes of Manchester City and Chelsea as well and I'm going to try and play it fairly straight but also with a smile on my face because Everton did get deducted 10 points and that's just funny Um so we'll do that in part two we're going to do Liverpool and Manchester City before then before we do get any further into it though uh, we're going on tour if tours a thing for two dates in Ireland and Northern Ireland. Uh, so we're starting off uh, in Northern Ireland. We're doing Belfast on the 24th of March and we're doing Dublin, Ireland on the 25th of March. You can get your tickets from ticketmaster.ie. Um, we hope to see you over there. It has been six years. It will have been seven years um, since we've actually done live shows over in... Uh, the last time we did them was in Dublin, actually, in Ireland. So, yeah, quite looking forward to getting back out there uh, and taking Redmen TV on tour. So, please... Please come and join us for that one if you've not got anything else on and you won't have anything else on because you like me and you don't plan that far in advance. Uh, but we're going to talk about Liverpool and Manchester City to begin with. And I'm going to start with probably the person who's going to be the most nervous of the three people on the couch for the game at the weekend. Yeah, Chloe, you guessed it. Yeah. How are you feeling? Um, you know, I was feeling all right about it because I kind of forgot about it. Um, but then I saw the fact that the South American players don't get back until like Wednesday, which means they only had Thursday and Friday to train and try and get used to the, um, you know, try not to have too much jet lag. That worried me a little bit. Uh, I was also reading, you know, at the start of the week when the journalists got a little bit bored and put out the 10 players might, who might be missing from... City v Liverpool um, and Alan Harland's expected to be fit now no surprise uh, Rodri who had a little bit of an injury played pretty much the full game for Spain the other day uh, so yeah um, I'm getting more nervous you know the closer it gets uh, but I'm also excited to see the Reds again yeah well I think that's it isn't it obviously it's crap having no games and you know hearing about the international fixtures that have taken place and occasionally asking someone like this morning Dan how did England get on um, <laughs> against whoever they were playing and Dan mm. told me Malta because yeah, you Tony Drago yeah. um, wow okay um, there we go um, Dan we have got 
And we will find out, sorry, about this Liverpool side in the next 11 games, won't we? Because this is, we've talked a lot about it's early season, it's early doors and all this type of stuff, but like we've had a third of the season now. Mm. This is the part we'll find out what all of the top six and how they're going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's a really congested part of the season. It's a crucial part of the season. We spoke a lot about sort of staging a campaign and sort of manufacturing what could be the rest of the, the season and what what does a title race look like at this stage? Doesn't really look like anything, does it? But these next few weeks will start to shape that most definitely. And I think we'll see a couple drop off. I think we've already seen Spurs start to drop off, to be honest. And from our point of view, it's interesting because I'm not really nervous going into this weekend or indeed what's to come thereafter because I don't think anyone truly expected that we would most definitely be going toe-to-toe in Manchester City. It's not like previous seasons whereby we've come so close and the season after you go, well, we've got to go and win it this time. We've got to sort of go one better or whatever because we were so far off it last season and it was such a turnaround in the summer in terms of personnel. Obviously, the captain went and all that type of stuff. Nobody really thought, well, we have to go and win the league, did they? Like, for me, the bare minimum this year is top four, maybe go win one of the Cups, the Europa League, something like that. So, the fact we are where we are now I'd have bit your hand off for it so this next little bit including starting on Saturday is a little bit it's exciting it's a bit of an adventure really because I've got no doubt we can continue to play as well as we have been and come out on the other side of it there or thereabouts again but we've got nothing to lose really especially on Saturday at the Etihad because who knows if we do go there and give them a bloody nose and I think they'll be more worried about us and it'll be interesting for me to see how Guardiola approaches it because we'll get a tell quite early doors if Guardiola is scared of us or not by what he does in terms of his tactics in you terms mean, of his team exactly if he peps himself on the weekend all of a sudden we go he's terrified of Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool again and that's massive we don't have to be worried about Manchester City because does anybody really think we're definitely going to be in a title race I don't think anyone <laughs> did so let's just have a go at it I think the other thing Chloe in, in all of this is like Dan said there you bit your hand off for this position and I think every Liverpool fan would probably agree with that even the most optimistic of Liverpool fans and that would be Paul had us third <laughs> this season yet all of us had us as second this season Um but I think when you when you think about it and the way that we've played so far and the sort of back end of the last run of fixtures because of the Luton results and the two lose results, everyone was a little bit down in the dumps going into the international break. Obviously, we get the win beforehand and stuff. But now you're thinking, well, actually, why can't we challenge? I mean, we're only going to improve as I see it from here on in. And we're right with them already. So they should fear, shouldn't they? Yeah, I, I guess so. I think... The obviously we talk about Manchester City and it just feels like they're perfect all over in every single position. It feels like no matter if they need to put a backup in there, oh well, it's going to be a fifty mil pound backup who's going to be good enough. Um, with with Liverpool, it's not always like that. Look, we've we've lost Andy Robertson, who I think was being questioned in terms of if we all wanted a centre back slash left back with a left foot. Um, he came in and he, he's done brilliant so far this season, and now we've got to rely on Costas, and I think we can all sit here and say Costas is a decent footballer but when he's your main left back week in week out that's when you kind of see little bits of the problem and I I think when it comes to City is they can just hurt you in so many ways and it, they kill you slowly at times because they'll make 700 passes and they'll eventually score a goal or they can literally come out and, and score three within 30 minutes that's just what they do um, we're Liverpool it seems like we only have one kind of method to play um, and things have to go well for us and um, but saying that, I think 
like like Dan mentioned, we've got to go there and we've got to put something on them. We've got to basically say we're not afraid of you because the only way to beat Manchester City is going head-to-head with them and toe-to-toe with them because if you sit back, they'll eventually break you down. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I feel like City should worry a little bit and maybe they overthink it and hopefully they do. Um, but also, you know... We know how dangerous they are and Liverpool will have to be at their highest level of concentration and focus um, and energy, which is a big thing because I think when we looked at that Luton game um, and Toulouse, everyone was like, they just look a bit a bit knackered and not, not like the, the fully, you know, not desire because I definitely think the desire was there, but it just looked like we were a shell of ourselves. We just looked tired. An international break where we've got several captains um you know they're never going to get time off um so yeah liverpool have to show up with energy with a statement um and scare manchester city as much as they can we've had a we've had a bit of a tough time at the etihad in recent years though dan haven't we you know and i think just in general against manchester city i think they've been better than us in the games that we've played over the last few years i think um I think Guardiola has got to grips with what Jurgen Klopp's sides want to do and how they try and play football and stuff. But again, you know, that was us in a different formation. Yeah. You know, it was it was us in our normal four three three. And I think with this sort of change of mentality as well as change of tactical fluidity, maybe um, he, he's gonna. I think he's gonna come up with something a bit nuts, Guardiola, because he can't help himself at times. Whereas I think it's more of the same for Liverpool. It's just like, well, let, let's. We know we're gonna have to sit back. We know we're gonna have to defend Liverpool when they do. They're actually really good defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's when we're in transition that I think we we get stuck, unstuck yeah. at times. But we know that we can hit them on the counter attack. We've consistently proved that down we the years. We did it last season. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Mo Salah doing some mad turn, yeah. turn the centre half on the on the halfway line or whatever, and then. So there are. I think there are positives that Liverpool can draw from from the last few games. But ultimately, we know that. Well, it's at the Etihad. If we lose, yeah, it's going to be a shitter. But we'll get them back to Anfield and we've got to improve there. And we can't let this game define the next 11 games, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say as well. No, and there's a danger of that, of course there is, because even if you take into account the fact that even if we're not in a title race when it comes to, you know, April, May time, off the back of this result, you can't then go and afford to drop points two or three times thereafter because all of a sudden, what looked like quite a comfortable inverted commas race for the top four from Liverpool perspective becomes quite a complicated one that's the last thing we want we don't want to be scrambling around making sure we get Champions League football for next season although fifth place might secure that as things stand um, in the Premier League but that aside I think you're right and in terms of how we can hurt them I think it's interesting because for so long the sort of the fabled 4-3-3 was just bulletproof essentially from Liverpool perspective wasn't it but that was kind of our plan and it was our plan throughout and eventually it was going to get you not necessarily always Man City because they're a world class football team and you're right I think Pep Guardiola eventually worked out a way certainly the Etihad to sort of quell the tide of that and to stop us being so effective but now with the Trent going into midfield stuff it does feel like he might look at that and try and navigate something because we know how obsessed he's been with Liverpool in the past we've seen the footage from their documentary at Everton half time he's talking about our front three and stuff like that so we, we are absolutely in his head there's no two ways about it and I just wonder last season he wouldn't have cared about Liverpool necessarily mm-hmm. he might have sort of proven in that result we mentioned but I wonder now <laughs> whether he is just looking at Liverpool he's already mentioned us a couple of times in his press conferences and that when he's asked who are your biggest rivals your biggest challenges this season he's mentioning Liverpool again so I do wonder whether he will come up with something for the weekend whereby he tries to nullify what Trent can do for midfield for example and that might mean we have to go to a 4-3-3 again because if he forgets we can just 
just do that. I think Liverpool actually need to remember we can play a normal 4-3-3 yes. still because I like the inversion. I like Trent popping into midfield. I think it works in certain games, but I think the Luton is the biggest case in yeah. point when it didn't work. And if we'd just gone, you know, you be a fullback, you be a fullback to the right and left back in that game, Simicast and Trent, that might have been more effective. So the fact Liverpool now have more than one string to their bow in the most simplest possible of terms might work in our favour. Absolutely, go on, Claire. I was, you mentioned there, obviously, with the, the new system and everything, but the fact that Guardiola is talking about us when I think, I think he's already scared because this is a Jürgen Klopp with, a, you know, a pretty much fully transformed side here and he's already keeping up with you. He's, he's not had, you know, years or he's not, he had a, a little break in the summer where he was able to try and get the message across to some of those players he's turned Darwin Nunes into a much better footballer already than he was last season he's Sobersly is unbelievable in midfield Um you know, our, our backline, Virgil van Dijk, looks like he's been reignited. He, he looks back to the Virgil van Dijk we all know. And I think Guardiola talking about us, he probably didn't expect Liverpool to be where they are mm. because that's a full midfield that Jürgen Klopp's had to transform there. Um, and I think the fact that he's mentioning us makes it, you know, he thinks, yeah, they're, they're in my mind here, the the coming, because it should be Arsenal that he's, he should be fully focused on because Arsenal were the one who last season pushed you not to the end, but they did push you. Um, Liverpool with a fully transformed midfielder uh, and, and players who don't fully understand exactly what Jurgen Klopp wants from them just yet. Um, it's saying something he's already speaking about us. It, it is, but players aside, regardless of, sort of the personnel we have at our disposal, for what it's worth, I think on paper our squad is better than Arsenal. I think there's certain positions you could look at, Declan Rice being probably one of the main ones, and go, yeah, their six is better than our specialist six or whatever but it's the managers for me in terms of Pep Guardiola yeah. he is terrified of Jurgen Klopp he is not terrified of Mikel Arteta yeah. he made Mikel Arteta what he is like he's still the understudy to Mikel Arteta in Pep Guardiola's, Pep Guardiola's mind he's not looking at him going God you could do me for a title when it gets tight and neck and neck nah not at all he's seen Jurgen Klopp do it in the Bundesliga with Borussia Dortmund go up against an absolute giant in Bayern Munich and overcome it he's seen Liverpool do it under Jurgen Klopp overcome his own Manchester City side he is more scared of Jurgen Klopp than Mikel Arteta that's just a yeah. fact so whenever Liverpool get a squad together that even looks like remotely like he could be able to challenge Man City Pep Guardiola will be panicking about Liverpool football I agree with that completely I think you know Jürgen Klopp's got that X factor that he can just push an extra 10-15% out of the players where I'm not sure Arteta's got that Arteta at best is going to be nearly as good as Pep Guardiola that's, yeah. that's as far as I he see could it. turn out to be brilliant but he hasn't done it yet yeah, exactly. so how do we know no we don't we yeah. don't and like there's no way Pep Guardiola teaches him all that's in his head you can't for a start mm. you'd need something out of Harry Potter to start pulling stuff out and keep them in some kind of vase or bowl or whatever it is do you know what I'm talking about no, not Harry Potter. Sorry, no, no, no Harry Potter references. No. You need Paul for it, big yeah. time, really. Right he's now. not a Harry Potter fan. No, no, no he's never yeah. read the books. Never no. read the books. I'm afraid. Um, I've watched them. I just don't remember any of them. Voldemort is not a character. Voldemort is a character, but he should—he shall not be named. We shouldn't say that out loud <laughs> in oh. case he is actually back. Spoilers: if you watch, if you just about to watch any of the films that have been out for about twenty years. Um, <laughs> oh. He's back, um, but don't, and it was all Chloe's fault. So Sorry, we'll move yeah. on anyway because we, we're not 
we are kind of talking about Voldemort, I suppose, in, in Pep Guardiola. Nice. He's the Voldemort of the Premier League at the moment. He is absolutely brilliant, and this, this is the thing, and we're going to talk about the City and what could happen in point deductions and all that in part two, but I wanted to take a, a little look at the fixture list. Before I do that, I want Dan to give us an update on what's going on in the international duty so far, because I don't know. How long have you got? Um, I have to write these down because there's been a lot going on. Liverpool, like normally international breaks come and everyone's a bit like, and people still are a bit like, oh, whatever, who's asked? But this time around, Liverpool lads have been starving around the world. Um, so Bosley and Mason got two very quick goals for Hungary to turn that around. They've qualified. He's obviously Hungary captain as well. So congratulations to him. Did see him drinking something that looked a little a bit like vodka, like a yeah. shot or something. Yeah, you can knock that on the head quite quickly. We play it half 12 Saturday. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold played... Walker. He was drinking vodka. Something like that. He yeah, might not be. I think Shot was, of water, I'm sure. I think it was Hungarian um, liquor or something. Because I've seen Ben Bosak. I don't yeah. remember the rest. Pen- I wasn't like Penenka, but obviously it wasn't that. It was something like that. <laughs> anyway, um, Trent played in midfield for England. And I mean in midfield with the number 10 against Pacin. Malta. Pacin of the match. Um, played really well. Was it Pacin? Might no, been, Pal, Pal Sutton. Yeah, somebody tell us in the, in the chat. Um, Virgil van Dijk and Cody Gakpo have qualified with the Netherlands and they're both brilliant in that game as well. Virgil van Dijk in particular was outstanding. You might have seen that tackle he yeah. made was quality. Um, Diogo Jota got an assist for Portugal. <laughs> Luis Diaz provided the heroics for Colombia and his dad's in the crowd celebrating, which was nice to see. Uh, and they're coming to Liverpool as well for Christmas, which is also nice. Darwin Nunes scored for Uruguay against Argentina and was hailed by Lionel Messi, no less, afterwards, which is not bad and um, Harvey Elliott scored for the under 21s and squared up to a lad which was quite funny Mohamed Salah scored four and then got chased aggressively off the pitch and nearly got beaten up interesting he also um, faced someone up as well he did yeah he yeah. did a little bit yeah, Darwin Nunez's influence is rife in this side yes. right now um, and Ben Doak got an assist for the under 21s and there's probably more than that um, but yeah that's kind of a little round up for you I wonder how far away Ben Doak is from a Scotland four senior four goals from out and that's a leg that's impressive he also yeah. Got, yeah he also got an assist in the second game for Trezeguet I think it was David um, oh no yeah. David there won't that's be David Trezeguet there, no right? you're talking yeah, about yeah. David Trezeguet um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also Jota was an unused substitute like yesterday or something doesn't play a lot for Portugal does he yeah. no which is great for us yeah but yeah, there you go. That's a lot. Okay, of so people. let's let's look at Liverpool's fixtures then next. Um, I've got them all on because we're doing the biased uh, Premier League podcast or whatever it's biased football podcast <laughs> after this. <laughs> on guess, then, then, guess, so, it will. It may as well be. I admit to be fair, like we never talk about any, yeah. any other leagues. Um, so I've got Liverpool's <laughs> first of all, um, Manchester City v Liverpool on the twenty fifth. <coughs> Excuse me, Liverpool v Lask. Who does City on the play? Thirtieth. It's literally in the column next to it, mate. Um, Liverpool v Fulham um, on the 3rd. Sheffield United versus Liverpool on the 6th of December. Palace v Liverpool on the 9th. Union Saint-Gilois v Liverpool on the 14th. Liverpool versus Manchester United. That's in the far column there for you, Chloe. Thank uh, you. On the 17th. <laughs> uh, Liverpool play West Ham in the Carabao Cup over there. Liverpool Arsenal on the 23rd. Burnley v Liverpool on the 26th. And Liverpool v Newcastle on the 1st of January. 11 games, six home, five away, four I've deemed tough games, they be in reverse order, Newcastle, Arsenal, United and Manchester City. It's not the easiest of runs and there's not a lot of downtime in between those games, is the clone? No, it's uh, three games a week, would you say, Chris Page? No, <laughs> two games a week. You can only say three games a week if you play Monday, Thursday, Sunday. 
the only time. <laughs> oh. You can't include Sunday twice. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, it's three games a week. So, like, <laughs> Liverpool... It's not. <laughs> it's fucking two games a week. <laughs> yeah. Liverpool, um, they don't have much time off. They need to make sure that we're, we're rotating as much as possible, which is why I like mm. the Europa League um, in the sense of, like, I mean, you can. It's it, the Champions League. You physically have to play your strongest eleven unless you've qualified <laughs> every game. Um, so hopefully we can make some changes in those uh, group stages. Um, but aside from that, yeah, Liverpool need to make sure they don't pick up any injuries. Um, but Jurgen Klopp, uh, Jurgen Klopp's teams, they love the momentum mm. of when you're winning and bouncing into games. They love, a, a, you know, a really busy fixture schedule um, because you just use the momentum. So if Liverpool can somehow, you know, start uh, with an unbelievable win against Manchester City, that could really pave the way. But what we need to make sure is that no matter if we if we drop points in any of them, whether it's a disappointing result or just a result that, you know, City, I'd take a nil-nil right now if you really asked me. Uh, I'd take a point. Um, and if, if we were to get battered by, by City, you just need to forget about it and make sure yeah. that you put it to one side and, and you, you go again. Dan, what, what do you reckon then? What would you take right now from the City game? Oh, I'd take a point right now all day long. Yeah, to go to the City, I'd not get beat and to stay one point behind them on their coattails it would be massive. That'd be a huge result. Like, no two ways about it. I mean, the fixtures coming up there, it's going to be almost impossible to sort of go perfect within them. It's not impossible to sort of stay unbeaten within them, I wouldn't have said. Liverpool are more than capable of that. But winning every game feels difficult but I think City's fixtures aren't exactly the easiest either coming up so if we do stay just one point behind them after going there that'll if they're not worried about us already they definitely will be after that and yeah I think that'd be a big statement from us as well to be honest with you because I, I reckon a lot of people aren't talking about Liverpool yet a couple of people have sort of mentioned us in passing a lot of the talk <laughs> is Arsenal still because of what they did last season but if we suddenly go to the Etihad put on a decent performance and come away with results people will have to pay attention to uh, us then uh, three of those four tough games that you've laid at home yeah loads of Anfield Liverpool Man United Liverpool Arsenal Liverpool Newcastle the three games at home that's that's massive as well um, because uh, we've been talking about this all along is that if Liverpool can just stay in touch and distance of Manchester City coming into you know the the Christmas period well Liverpool fans will then have something to believe in I think all right now we're sat here and we're like oh my god like we can't expect like how, how, how are we here but if you go into that December period where it's a game every two, three days um, and you're in touch and distance of, of Manchester City, the crowd will be up. There's something there to fight for. There's something there to, to hold hope on to. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's massive that they're at home as well. Um, <laughs> it feels like the one after each other, but at least, you know, the crowd at Anfield will be immense. The other thing I think about this Manchester City side and this Liverpool side in, the, in this sort of run so far, Liverpool are better than I expected and Manchester City are worse than I expected and that's the one the one thing that always holds me back when I think about Manchester City is the difference between us and them is I think they can go on a 15 game winning streak and I'm yet to see that from us that we can do that at this point with this team but I believe that City should should be given the benefit of the doubt that they can still do it because they've Mm -hmm. done it pretty much every year for five years they've gone on one of their mad winning streaks but Right now, judged on the 12 games that they've played so far, they're not as good a side as they were last season and the season before and the season before that. So why can't Liverpool take advantage? If we can get ahead of them in this game, then I think the doubts really start to come into Manchester City's minds because they start to really start to fear us. We've gone the Etihad, we've, we've done them over. We're behind them. We've got Spurs and Villa coming up. 
two massive games, mm. which is what City would be heading into after yeah. us in the Champions League game or whatever it is. That's a real marker down. So that's why I wouldn't take a point right now, to be honest with you. I would go for the fucking jugular because a point's nothing in the grand scheme of things. Not when you're trying to win a league. We've said this for how many years? Have we all thought this? You've got to, you, a point's not and a draw's not good enough. You've got to beat Manchester City when it's there for the taking. And that's what I truly believe. Because this Liverpool side can fucking draw against Luton. So take the win against Manchester City because there's a mad draw coming down the line somewhere mm. else. But you can say that about them, couldn't you now? Because I think you're right in terms of they don't look... <coughs> it sounds so stupid because they want to treble. They don't look the all-conquering force that they have been in previous seasons right now. Anyway, it doesn't seem to be happening. Whether that's Kevin De Bruyne's ab- absence and the Rodri stuff that's been happening in recent weeks, who knows? We've but, been playing without a DM all year. Fuck well, yeah, exactly. They don't look... <laughs> it's our fault, like, but... <laughs> they don't look, to use that word again, they look bulletproof um, as they have been recently. So I take your point entirely, but what I would say is if you could guarantee me now four points from the two Manchester yeah, City games I would bite your hand off yeah. absolutely bite your hand off which would be a draw this weekend beat them at our place all day long because yes we could drop points further down the line but so could they like I don't see them right? you can only go off what we're seeing right now can't you and you're right in previous seasons it took them till February and then all of a sudden they've clicked into gear and watched them go they did it last season a little bit with the Arsenal title race so they are very capable but right now they don't look capable of putting together a 10-15 game winning run so yeah why not go there get a draw and take them back to Anfield and see if we can do them there for what it's worth I'd take four points from the two games but I'd rather it get the win at the weekend and put them under pressure for a bit yeah, if true. you were going to pick yeah. it oh yeah listen I'll take the win but if you offer me a draw then yeah get, get me out of there with a point yeah four points from six is different from one from three for me I think you know you're guaranteeing that you come on top in the rivalry we can still win and we can still level you know at the end of the day for me so mm. it's interesting though it's all it's all good it's all good um, what's your gut telling you Chloe what is your gut telling you about this fixture and how it's going to play out um, they're going to dominate possession. Uh, yeah. We're going to need to be really strong on the counter. Uh, I think there'll be goals in it. Um, do I think there'll be goals a lot for them? Potentially. Look, I was there last season, and yeah, we went. We for the first twenty minutes or so, we looked brilliant. We looked like we could go toe to toe with them. And then I think like Rodri could have potentially got two yellows. Didn't stay on the pitch, and it kind of the momentum switched from that moment because we got so angry at the referee. Uh, it's the first time I've really seen. Liverpool and, and Jordan Henderson at the time angry at like a referee decision because I used to moan about us not mooning mm. like every other football team mm. did um, and I think come the 75th minute everyone was like yeah see you later see you at the next one bye bye and everyone had just got off because we'd been pulled apart especially in that second half so I need Liverpool. I don't know whether it'll happen, but I need Liverpool for the first 15 minutes to just shut up shop, take the sting out the atmosphere, um, make sure that, you know, everyone's just a little bit calmer, confident on the ball. Um, and I'm fine with us soaking up pressure. I, we did it against Spurs. Manchester City are a whole different challenge. I know that. But we did it against Spurs with nine men. And you know, with Joel Matter at the back and Virgil van Dijk, I thought they were brilliant. Uh, and us on the counter are really, really scary. So I expect us to counter quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm not... I, I'm going to say a 2-2 draw. Okay. Um, I'd love the win, but I'm also petrified that it's going to be 4-1. Uh, Dan, for you, David's mm. asking, would you start Gomez or Costas at left-back? Costas. I would, yeah, I would, yeah, I would. I don't think the Joe Gomez thing works, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> makes us far too inverted 
all around the pitch, to be fair. And listen, if we're going to go there, and I got the Luton selection because it felt like we had enough sort of in the advanced areas of the pitch to go and break them down and win the game. We didn't need, well, we felt like we didn't need our full-backs and our defenders to be as influential in the attacking sense, but clearly we did. Um, and I also think the physical threat played a part in his selection, but it didn't work. We just, all over the pitch, like I say, we were far too inverted. Everybody wanted to come inside and it just didn't happen. So yeah, I would definitely go Simicast off of that with because it plays into the fact that I'm slightly different to Chloe in terms of how I want and foresee the game going. I would fight fire with fire a little bit. Go oh, out there and try and hit them. Try and hit them hard. Um, we've gone there and picked four attackers in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if we did that again at the weekend at all. Um, Cody Gakpo would be the fourth one in that because he can sort of do that hybrid eight slash attacking role. Like I'd be interested in that. Um, I just think there's an opportunity there for us to go. I think if you try and sit back and soak up pressure against Manchester City, you're asking for trouble. Basically, yeah. and I've been there and seen us get absolutely done. I was at the Sadio Mane sending off game. Like I've seen us get turned it over. Horrible, yeah, it? it was grim, real grim. I've seen us get turned over at Manchester City. I know what they're capable of. But I, don't, I just think Liverpool have got such firepower now. We've got such attacking flair that let's just go there and have a real go at them. Because we say it about other teams. We absolutely implore other teams to try and have a go at City because, you know, that's the only way you're going to hurt them. We can't then go there and say, oh, yeah, that's so good pressure. For me, we just go there and just kill them, try and kill them early I'm goals. interested. Who's your midfield then? My midfield would be it's McAllister at the base of it. Subozlai is an absolute shoo-in. I'd be tempted to go Cody Gapo. And then would you there. have Jota or Diaz on the left? Diaz. Ooh, Diaz is such an outlet in games like this, isn't he? I'd be tempted to go with, ah, Jota's in such good form. Though. No, yes. I wouldn't let go Diogo Jota. Because you've got Simicast to give you your whip down the left-hand side. Yeah, I'd go Jota, Nunes, Salah. And the Gakpo one, listen, I think Ryan Gravenberg is boss. I've been singing his praises since he arrived at the football club. Don't quite know how fit he is. He missed the last couple of games, of course. And I just think Gakpo might offer that little bit of extra something in this game. What about you then? No, absolutely not. Uh, Ryan Gravenberch in the mid. I'm not having Cody Gakpo. I think I love Cody Gakpo, don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't think he's done enough in, in the first half of the season for me to throw him in this game. I love Cody Gakpo last season. Yes. I'm okay to say that I've not liked it this season. Uh, I, I didn't <laughs> mind him in, in the last game in midfield in that he position. Okay. He, he, he was all right. I just... He was a pick in the midfield. We, did it, we did it against... Chelsea and it worked for 30 minutes and when it didn't work we were absolutely all over the shop and Manchester City um, you know quadruple the team that Chelsea are um, and if they <coughs> want to pick us apart they will I'm worried that Gakpo might not be defensively um, as like I just feel like if someone runs off him as an attacker he's not likely to, to think to track back or he might recognise too late and like you mentioned there I don't think you have to soak up a load of pressure to get them on the counter attack I don't I think they throw that many bodies up into the, the into your half of the pitch that if you just press them and get out to them and win a ball back that's you counter attacking you don't have to sit back on the back line and, and just soak up pressure it just means that they're overloading like they do um and i just worry that that putting kd gakpo in there we might not be as disciplined as the word i'd go with uh, and i feel like you need to be extremely disciplined against manchester city to come away with anything you can't give away sloppy goals or just goals where we haven't tracked people um and also you've Look, Costas is, I think, is a good footballer. I don't think he's defensively disciplined, so I most definitely don't want Cody Gakpo, who might also not be disciplined on the on the side with with Costas. I just wouldn't mm. like that as the the centre mid. I'd ask Ryan Gravenberch to do that, and I'd I'd tell him he needs to make sure. See, he's I'd, I'd have Gravenberch as well, but not because I have 
any particular concerns about Cody Gakpo and his defensive duties. It's just that he's a he's an absolute like Monster. it's just something that City haven't come up against. Yeah. And I think when I think back to you know when when we really did trouble City every game, and you know Alex Oxley Chamberlain was in there driving yeah. forwards and just attacking the shit out of them. Yeah. That first touch, I'm going to run at you, I'm going to mm. cause panic. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah. My concern is, is that a little too attacking? Maybe. Because they are really good and Rodri's really good, yeah. but Ravenberg is so strong. He's so physical, isn't he? Yeah. And He might just be the answer. And also, the other thing is, he gets in the box so much. Yeah, he he arrives back post all the time. Like, is is close control inside the area is absolutely ridiculous but the point I'm thinking of is is Brighton away where he, he should bury the chance that he's got back post and you know I've spoken about how we need to be disciplined but Man City because they're the home side they have some players who, who just sit up to, and they're just too good they just float about and I think Ryan Gravenberg can run off them and I think there can be spaces where someone doesn't track Ryan Gravenberg and mm. he causes trouble back post so yeah I'd, I'd go with Ryan Gravenberg I think he's he, on the turn. he's brilliant and like I mentioned if we do need to you know counter attack he's incredible for that for turning a defender he's you know he's a unit he, he doesn't get bullied that often um, so yeah I like his physical presence in there as well um, what would you do with, with Diaz and Jota? Jota. Would you? Yeah. I think his form's too good to ignore yeah. right now. I, do. I like Diaz as the outlet in terms of what he offers, his direct running, that type of stuff. But I just think Jota's just on fire. You can't leave him out. And the Gravenberg's gap stuff's interesting. It's interesting because personally, I would play Gravenberg, but I've got a hunch that Klopp yeah. might go Gakpo mm-hmm. and because of the way he's used Bobby Firmino in these type of games in the past he has gone with the four and he's included Bobby in that type of role and I take your point about Gravenberg sort of defensively but I'm not sure he's that defensively disciplined either he wants to be sort of making things happen in the final third as well and we've obviously got to Bosley on the other side so yeah I think Gakpo physically offers a lows I don't like him in midfield I'm not a huge fan of it but I just think this could be a game whereby he does go for him and it does work for him because where are we on Jones sorry I thought Jones was struggling a little bit back end of the, before the break. I thought his rhythm had just been completely broken by the suspension. Um, and I don't think he is in this conversation. For me, it is grabbing Virgil Gakpo, which is ridiculous because week in, week out, I would say don't do Gakpo in the midfield because I don't think it works that well. But this one game, this one-off situation against potentially title rivals, there might just be something in that for me. I can't quite put my finger on what it is. It's, again, it's what he's done in the past, Klopp, and it's just the way Gakpo plays the role. His pressing's really good. I think he has got a little bit of sort of defensive acumen to do when he does it. So, yeah, I'd be really tempted to just go for it. It is really, it's a really interesting one, and I take it everyone's just going down up front. <laughs> no one's even mentioned it because it's now the thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I suppose Chloe is that again Darwin in the type of form that he's been in, he will give their defenders nightmares. He might not score, but he'll give their <laughs> defenders nightmares. Yeah. And if that just frees up a little bit more space, because I think that's one of the things that I think Guardiola's done really well is is how to sort of try and take Salah out of the games. I think we've seen teams you know, for the most part, do that really well all season. I don't think Salah's played his best football necessarily, but he's still able to have that impact. He's able to get a goal, able to get an assist. But if Darwin Nunes just takes a bit of that attention away, then you never know. Salah might just pop up and have one of those worldies again. Yeah, we all we all trust them is what I, I think it is. You know, you know, before the ball was kicked this season, I think all of us would have probably said, go with Cody Gakpo, he's your safest option. But now we've seen um, what Darwin Nunes has to offer and, and how much he's improved. 
I, I trust him to hold the ball up. I trust him to bring others into playing. That's what he's pitch. improved the most. Yeah, yeah, it is exactly. And you know what I really like because they're going to have so much of the ball because they push their centre backs up so high in possession. Darwin Nunes the other day is goal against Argentina. Their players had pushed up just. Um, they hadn't quite made it into Uruguay's half, but they were literally on the halfway line practically. And one ball. In behind Darwin Nunes was off and he was onto it and he scored from it. And I think that's what you can do with Manchester City as well. I think he can hold the ball up and get others into play and, and maybe set Salah. Um, but if they drag their defence up the pitch and do this high, not a high line because technically they're still in possession, but they, they move high with the ball, which they do. Um, then I just I just tell Darwin Nunes get on your bike every time you make sure. Trent. Yeah, exactly. And. now that I'm thinking of it I'm thinking well that is exactly what Darwin Nunes loves and they need to watch that high line when they're in possession because if we win the ball and win a turnover that is our outlet time and time and time again absolutely absolutely anything to add on Darwin Dan? No I I agree with everything that's been said there I think he's improved markedly this season I think what's done it really for me is loads of different things to understand the system that type of stuff but I actually do think he's taken a leaf out of the likes of Bobby and Gakpo's book and he's looked at the way they've done the role because it must have been a bit of a kick in the teeth for him really midway through last season he's been signed for big money the summer prior and Gakpo come in and you mentioned it there he was the chosen one for so many games you must have been looking at that going what's going on here why can't I be the one that Klopp always turns to and he's clearly watched the way Gakpo did the role and the way Firmino did it beforehand and gone that's why I need to add that 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 and that's in the game and he's done it over the summer credit to him he's come on leaps and bounds and he's a brilliant player of course he's got all the physical attributes he ticks every single box his finishing can be hit and miss but he can also be brilliant that finish for Uruguay in midweek yeah. was outstanding like I've said it before that's like R9-esque finishing it really oh, no. was brilliant it was it was high quality it was he faints him sits him down and goes again it's right out the top drawer and the Newcastle goals and stuff like that he's got it in his locker but what he's now adding to his game is that link up play it's the hold up play it's the connection with Salah which is just telepathic so yeah I think Nunes for me and I would not have thought I'd be sitting here in November saying this he is an absolute must starter right now in his Liverpool side and, and credit to him for yeah, it I, I, I think part of the reason that he's able to do this and, and the thing I mentioned before when Chloe was talking for me is that's the biggest part of his game that he's improved the link up play but also it's such an easy win for someone who runs in behind all the time because all you have to do is run in behind once or twice you get the defender thinking about it and then you've opened up a shit ton of space for yourself to play in and then that brings everybody forwards and gives your team time to move forward so it was always the next phase of Darwin's evolution God I didn't even mean that I didn't even mean (laughs) it it was always the next phase of it Um, but to see it come to fruition to see him sort of shoulder it and be able to take it forwards it's absolutely brilliant Uh, we're going to get into the uh, Everton point deduction uh, what it could mean for City and and Chelsea as well do have a couple of super chats that I need to get through though Uh, Hitchin Baz Baz has said big congrats on the content awards Hall of Fame guys you know have more trophies than Everton do this decade we've got tons more trophies than Everton do this decade Uh, thank you very much yeah we won uh, well we were inducted into the Football Content Awards Hall of Fame on Thursday evening which is absolutely wicked Uh, thank you to everybody who's watched obviously a big part of it Um, and Trevor Smith says where Everton investigated before City very much so and we're about to come on to that now but before we do we're going to take a very short break and tell you all about this year's knitted Christmas jump Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, we're gonna t- we- This is the type of content that we normally do in the Biased Football Podcast over on redmenplus.com, but it's too big a story, I think, not to talk about it in, in this show. Um because Everton have been deducted 10 points and you can see the big smile on my face because ultimately they're a rival. But actually, I think it's quite wrong at some point to this as well. And it's going to be interesting because we've not actually spoken about our opinions on this with each other, um, the three of us together today or anything like that. So um, I think it's going to be quite an interesting discussion. But to just give you the broad top line layman's terms, Everton have been deducted 10 points for an overspend of 19.5 million over the course of three season periods. They've held hands with the Premier League essentially and been hamstrung by the Premier League for the last about three seasons as well. Um, in that they've literally been going begging to the Premier League going, can we do this? And the Premier League have gone, no because overspends and they've gone okay then um well and what should we do well you should probably do this so they've pretty much done everything that they can i think they're idiots and they've breached the rules and they've clearly done wrong been caught cheating which is it is what it is um but it is a bit nuts for me anyway that they've been deducted 10 points as, as though i am Part of me is happy that they've they've been deducted ten points, but also it feels I don't know it feels really wrong to me on so many levels. Chloe, what, I mean, what was your first thought? I bet it was only Everton could lose points in an international hmm. break. Yeah, it was. It was something like that. I remember. Was it on the Friday? Um, I can't really remember, but I remember. I was just you started that with I remember. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was only saying, I remember the moral of the story of where I was. Yeah, there we go. It's one of those where, like, you know, when something massive happens and it's like 25 years down the line, you're like, where were you when that happened? I can tell you exactly where it was. I was just sat in my phone and then I I didn't have a clue that, like, 
I don't know why I didn't expect it to happen because I knew they were being investigated, but I certainly didn't expect 10 points to be deducted. I expected a fine. And the reason I expected the fine was because I'd spoke to Toffee TV on numerous occasions and they were like, we'll be all right. Yeah, no, we've held hands with them. We'll just get like a fine, you know, a slap on the wrist and that'll be it. And then a 10 point deduction came up and the only thing I could do was laugh um, because... Like, it's just so evident. Like, it couldn't be more evident if you tried. Uh, they tried to go about it the right way and still got deducted 10 points. Um, and ultimately, look, one side of me wants to say, you broke the rules. It is what it is. No one else... No, we haven't cheated. They haven't cheated. No one else is losing points either to you because you've broke the rules. But also, I'm not sure that the punishment fits the crime. I think 10 points is is quite a lot for just one breaking of a rule. You've got someone down the road there who's broke 115. And the only way I see... I think they've, like... They've counted it, and I think they expect only six points instead of 10. But my moral of the story is, is if you give 10 points deduction that's perfectly fine as long as you give Chelsea and Manchester City the similar similar consequences and the same consistency then um it all depends on what happens with the other two who are being investigated for me uh, to make this I don't justifiable yeah I mean Dan obviously there are extenuating circumstances that every Everton fan, I've just been speaking to Baz and um, John Blaine today about it. And I, the understanding that I have from it is that, you know, COVID's happened, a uh, global pandemic, mm-hmm. the Russian sanctions have caused a huge issue for them. Yeah. Everton have also been dickheads in the way that they've done their accounting yeah. and how they've got it wrong. But the USM stuff was like a £200 million deal. The Richarlison stuff was they were basically hamstrung by the Premier League and they couldn't actually get 80 million for mm. who they think is an 80 million pound player and Tottenham played them because of yeah, them yeah. having to sell. Um, they've got the, 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 I mentioned the rights already. There's another one as well, which was like 40 million pound, which would have wiped it off. Mm. The way that they've done it has been kind of wrong as well in that if, if they'd have taken a loan from a bank for the stadium, for example, they could have got 150 million quid and paid that off over 10 years, but they didn't. They did it a way which they thought was better, but it ended up being worse for them. Mm. Like, it doesn't... I, I know, I, I, across it all, they've kind of come clean as well, which is the other thing, which is like, it's that's fucking admirable. Yeah. They've done it wrong. They've held the, they've held the hand up and said, we've got it wrong. There's clearly been no sporting advantage. Um, <laughs> and yet they are that. getting the 10 point deduction, which is wild. It is wild. Yeah. And as Chloe said, I said this morning, the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime in this instance. But I think so it all boils down to the fact that they have, you know, they've been grossly mismanaged um, yeah. from the top. There's no two ways about that. You mentioned a lot of the mistakes and errors in the ownership there. And also the free spending. Like I listened to a little bit of Toffee earlier on. They were bemoaning the fact that people are talking about their, their, there was one mad summer wasn't there where they did spend far too much in money on, on, on crap players essentially as well yeah so they did sort of push their luck a little bit there and I think they budgeted to finish a lot higher up the table in that campaign they budgeted as well. to finish 6 when they finished 17 yeah so it's, it's all it's that, all a bit that's mad that's a complete gross mismanagement massively so yeah and again, and again he obviously wants to walk away now he wants to wash his hands of it which has implications in his own because you know who's going to want to buy a football club who's just been deducted 10 points and then there's all this sort of other stuff looming over the head as well but I think the main consensus and the main sort of point of their ire 
is the fact that, as you say, they were sort of complying with the Premier League. They could be complying with the Premier League for quite some time. And still, they were slapped with probably the harshest possible punishment. It might get sort of knocked down a little bit to the sixth It could boot. go worse, though. It could get worse. When you appeal anything, it could get worse. You open yourself up to that. Of course you do, yeah. But I think their main gripe right now, from what I can sense, is the fact that, yes, we're guilty, but where on earth have you plucked that fine from in terms of the punishments, in terms of the points? I wonder, Chloe loosely references it there, I wonder whether they are setting a precedent and they are sort of saying to Chelsea and in particular Manchester City, look what we did to Everton. They had one charge and we ducked them 10 points. Just you wait. That's how it feels. We're sort of setting the groundwork in for that now because if you are Man City, I know we're going to come on to it, if you are Man City or you are Chelsea, you're looking at that going, wow, like we're in big, big trouble here if that's the case for them. And they were holding hands in the Premier League and they've been working with them for years and trying to sell their players and trying to make it right, if you like, and they've still done them like that. Whereas the other two in this conversation are doing the complete opposite. They're working against the Premier League's investigation. They could get hit with any... Whole manner of different things, but yeah, in terms of the Everton one, yes, hilarious. Yes, I don't think they're going to get relegated anyway. No. Um, yes, I think it again, couldn't have happened in a better season. Better than a season which, is, which is why I actually have more sympathy with the Southamptons, the Leeds United, and the Leicesters of this world because they're now talking about sort of getting together and suing the Premier League slash Everton. I get that because this should have happened last season or the season before, which is when they would have gone. So that for me. That's the worst thing about all of this from an Everton point of view. Like, I'd almost save my energy and not make banners for this weekend. I'd just take his 10 points because you'd probably be all right. I'd start concentrating on the potential suing, which could cost you 300, 400 million pounds. Then you go into administration and then you get another nine points. Which is less than what they got. Anyway. By the way, I mean, it's it's wild that, isn't it? I mean, that yeah. you can go into administration and get a lesser, bar, a lesser point deduction Nuts. than what they did. Which and the the mad thing is for me, and I think, I think I'm right in saying that the rules kind of change with how you deal with stadiums as capital expenditure and stuff like that in terms of the accountancy. In 2021, like a new stadium build wouldn't have been included, but in 2022, a new stadium build was included. Now, for the period that they were talking about, they've 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 had to then include it. Mm. After the fact, yeah, when it wasn't budgeted for that, because you changed the rules in 2022, which seems a bit unfair to be honest with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And ultimately, them building a new stadium that benefits Liverpool, the city. It benefits the Premier League in terms of it benefits Everton Football Club as well, of course, and their fans and every single away fan that's going to be going there. And they've not put their club at risk to do that, like. This isn't them spending another five hundred million on players. No, this is them improving their football. And that's what I don't mind that. Yeah. that. this is the problem with the fucking rules. Yeah, the FFP fuck? is there to do that. Sorry, as well. Just you just said, not put the club at risk. FFP is to stop it's, that's the, the whole point of wasn't it? In QPR beforehand, it was for, and Middlesbrough a little bit as well, and Blackburn actually. Forget and all the clubs now, but that's what FFP was for. It was to stop clubs putting themselves in jeopardy, and Everton haven't done that. Right? I mean, if anything, they're in more jeopardy now. The fact that this has happened because. <laughs> we knew Mishiri was trying to sell recently. That's 666 Partners. Forgive me. 777 is a different number. Um, 666 Partners would be a good name. That's a different concept altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, regardless of that, um, six on the brain. Um, yeah, that's the more because all of a sudden, like the, the, the money, Mishiri got 500 million for them. Like, who's going to pay that for them now when they've got this hanging over their head? They've got the points deduction on top of it. They're now in the relegation zone. He's not going to be able to sell. And if he is going to be able to sell, it won't be for that sort of figure. What if so. they sue them, right? If those relegated cl- clubs sue them, the Premier League could put Everton out of business 
comfortably. Which was the whole point of that's what I mean. FFP. Yeah, it's worth backwards. It's stupid. Like if they're they're talking a hundred million pounds, they're going to sue Everton for Each. each club. What the fuck? How is that even remotely fair? From and their point of view, I get it, because that's losses. That's Premier League TV rights. I totally rights. get why they're doing it. Oh, yeah, no, I totally get it as well. But what the Premier League have done yeah. is they made this situation happen. Yeah. yeah. And this is and, and this is part of the problem, isn't it? And when I think I think about this in all sports, right? I watch the Tour de France, watch cycling, big events, love it. think it's absolutely brilliant. But there is a part of me that watches the Tour de France and thinks... Well, that's fucking shit. You're all on drugs. Um, no matter what happens, especially when one person is miles better than the others, you're doping. It's that, that, because in 15 years' time, it'll come out that you were doping, and I'll be glad that I didn't get it all excited for you. And this is what happens. But the, coming back onto the footy stuff, the rules need to be there from the beginning. You can't just keep chopping and changing the rules. And everybody's got to know what they're signing up for, and everybody's got to sign up for these rules. And there's also got to be. I don't know whether it's retrospective action is, is what they're handing out. It's not retrospective action that they're handing 10 points out now, but it should be dealt with in the year that it's happening. It can't be dealt with two to three years after it's happened because you end up in a mess with relegated football clubs. Mm. And that's not right. It needs to, If you're going to do something like this, it's got to be the season and it's got to and it's got to be finished before the next season fucking starts. If someone's cheating... Because you can't have... Like, look, let's move on to the Manchester City stuff now, right? What's the fucking point of going back to 2009? What does it actually do? It hands three league titles to us, potentially. It hands three league titles to United. But you've cheated, and it doesn't matter because you've cheated so much that you are now a fucking superpower in world football. Mm. Whether Whether you get relegated now or not, you're getting back a year later. And you're coming back in and you're probably going to win league titles again in the future because the foundations of your club are fucking massive again. Whereas if it had been caught in 2009, they'd never have got there, mm. which is a major issue for me. You can't just keep looking back at seasons. We've got to know that the product that we're watching and we enjoy every single year is the best that it can be that year. Yeah. I, I, you, you are right and it'd be nice to have that situation the problem with that is is the length of time in which it takes to investigate this sort of stuff then prove it and then it'll be taken to appeal because already talking now about the Manchester City one it's going to get tied up in all kinds of different lawyer cases and court cases and people already what I don't understand about that is people saying Manchester City got the best lawyers in the business I don't think the Premier League lawyers would be too bad either to be honest with you and they'll know what they're doing a multi-billion pound industry I think they'll be okay so I'm not entirely sure that argument washes um, necessarily but I take your point and I think that's one thing that's been said about the Everton want to just very quickly take it back to that because they want the potential appeal and thus administration conversation done with this season because otherwise it's going to get more complicated if they survive by four points for example this year then you've got three other clubs next season going well hang on a minute you know what I mean so but yeah I take your point it'd be would be something quite hilarious if City did get stripped of their titles. And I suppose what I don't understand with that is, is when people keep using the term relegation, it's been used by quite a lot of people over the weekend, and rightfully so, some people definitely know what they're talking about as well in terms of lawyers and stuff like that and football finance people. Why is it just one relegation? Because if you extrapolate up the charges that City are facing to the ones Everton got and the points (coughs) in there, they get lost, they lose 1,150 points. That's more than one relegation. So why can you only relegate them once? I don't understand that. Well, I don't know, to be honest with you. But what I will say, if you're caught cheating, you should be expelled. Oh, yeah. That's 
that's it really yeah. like the 10 points is not going to make any difference to Everton and I'm not saying I'm not sitting here and saying Everton should be expelled from the Premier League or whatever like they were a naughty school kid in class or something but like Everton have been open and honest with it and tried to deal with it Manchester City have hidden this shit mm-hmm. for the best part of five, six, seven years now and I continue to hide it that's bad man that's like that's that's terrible. Yeah. That's not just cheating, but it's covering your tracks and everything else. Like, I think it genuinely could be that they just go, nope, not for me. That's what you should do. Because why would you want them being the face of your brand if you were the Premier League? Mm. Like, you know, you don't see you don't see Lance Armstrong on all the cycling posters advertising the Tour de France, do you? Like, because he was a big drug cheat. Mm. And that's just the way that it goes. Yeah. Like, if you're cheating, get out. Mm. And it should be for everyone, but this is the problem. For me, is that we're too in it ourselves to be able to see it. So when something happens to Man City, we laugh at them. When something happens to United, we laugh at them. When something happens to Everton, we just fucking laugh at them. Whereas we're all getting dicked every single week by the Premier League and VAR and all these other things that they can't get their grips of. Whereas we're football fans, we should all go, do you know what, that, was, that, that, that away... Bournemouth on a Monday night is fucking stupid. Mm. What are you doing there? Why are you moving my fixture to there? And this and that and this. And why are we paying 30 quid for this? You know, we want to be paying £20 for away tickets. And, and this is what it comes down to is they are useless across the board, the Premier League. Yeah. From putting in FFP to, well, the sustainability, whatever they're calling it nowadays, to dealing with fans, to da-da-da. And it just, the show carries on. And we all just laugh and go, ah, it's their turn. It's our turn next. Yeah. It'll be somewhere, they'll come for us. You know what I mean? It, they, they're just fucking useless across the board. The truth is they don't give a, a damn about fans. They care about money. And yeah. that's, football is sadly a business now. It's not what it used to be. Um, and you just mentioned there, the Premier League don't care about fans. We, for the first time in how long, we've got a game on Christmas Eve. Christmas mm. Eve? What? Why? Why? Because everyone, everyone who has kids who supports the football I think it's Wolves we Chelsea, Chelsea. Is it? Chelsea Wolves I mean why is that a lot why are we having a game Christmas Eve night when everyone when kids wake their parents up at like 5am because Santa's came I just I don't understand but like you mentioned there it's never going to change it's never going to change like the no matter we can all stand together and I still don't think it would change because they're the one who's got all the power I mean look at us what we've all done for I mean, talking about VAR so far this season, not a single thing's changed. You've got someone to now say VAR goal allowed instead of VAR check complete. Well, to, my p- to my point, Arteta's is there saying, you know, everyone should get on with it when it's Liverpool Tottenham and, and then, then a month later when it's it. him. Yeah. This is the problem is the VAR needs sorting, mm. everything needs sorting, the yeah. sustainability Fans. stuff needs sorting. Yeah. Everyone needs to sign up to it. And for anyone, I saw someone in the comments saying it can't happen in a year because of the accounts. It fucking can, right? It just costs a bit more money. Like, Mm. you know what I mean? People can do it. The F1 put in a a, a cost cap and Red Bull got done before the next season started Mm. because they went through it. And and here's the other thing is there's always loopholes and Chelsea's is a loophole thing that they've managed to go, oh yeah, we found this and there's a loophole and we've done Mm. this and all this type of stuff. Red Bull accounted something differently when they got caught than how they were supposed to, but it was a loophole. But they still got done. And Everton have accounted something in their accounts differently to how the Premier League wanted them because Mm. the rules aren't set. The rules aren't clear enough and concise enough for everybody. So everyone thinks, I'll try and do this, I'll try and do that. Sort your fucking house out. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and you, what you mentioned earlier on is really interesting as well about 
the look and and sort of the to the outside world like we had the the Premier League sort of president or whatever your chairman whatever he is presenting the trophy to Manchester City last year obviously and all the while in the background they got this 115 charges hanging over them so he's got a big smile on his face handing over the trophy and everyone else is looking at that going yeah but they're under investigation for Chichester for the past eight nine years whatever it is and likewise with UEFA we all remember when Manchester City were yep. kicked out of the Champions League for two years albeit in the Court of Appeal, cast that was um, deemed not a thing and they ended up just getting a fine and stuff like that. But the difference with that is is they had time bar in, in UEFA. Premier League don't have that. So they will go back as far as it needs be, um, hence what, what we're looking at now. But yeah, the hypocrisy knows <coughs> no bounds in football. There's no two ways about that. But for me, I mean, as much as Again, I won't necessarily celebrate league titles given to us after the fact. I don't want them. I despise Manchester City and everything about that football club. Everything I've done since day one, even when they weren't even the threat to Liverpool. I and Newcastle similar. I I can't abide football clubs that are manufactured in that sense. So if they are to be stripped of their titles and they are relegated, then I'm all for it. Not just because it means good for Liverpool, but I think it'd be better for football. Yeah, it will be. Cheating is 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 vile because you've. I mean it's just you're up against a superpower that you just can never beat because they're playing a different game than you they're, they've got unlimited funds they've been cheating for how many years and all those years where you think like even when we won the league we beat a team that literally had been cheating oh, yeah. like that is unbelievable to actually overcome a team that's cheated as much and we're all sat here saying 115 charges Man City have been on the low since that happened by the way they've it's like you've not heard a peep out of them. I wonder how many more charges they've racked up in that time that the Premier League haven't even investigated well, yet. you don't need to now. No. That's a, they've established they themselves. Kind of they, it, yeah. isn't it? I mean, their, their accounts came out this week and like they've broken the record for the amount of revenues a Premier League club's made. Mm. Like It's 700 plus million pounds like it's, yeah. it's wild the timing that was interesting wasn't it? I do wonder you mentioned earlier on sort of they are established <laughs> now as a, as a superpower in inverted commas I still don't quite see them that way myself but seven titles in 11 seasons yep. yeah but how that's, much is that if they, that's more than what Chelsea have fucking done and they're established as a superpower but Chelsea were bigger from the, from the outgo I would I would yeah, argue they, they were but yeah. like, that's what they are but because they're a modern be, superpower be, yeah they are because of the way they have come to this stage in their development I do wonder if they were to be stripped of those titles not all of them but the, the majority of them and if they were to be relegated one potentially two divisions which is very possible again because very very serious people but I wonder how many people of these supporters who've come late to the party would stick by them through thick and thin there will be some of course there's diehard Manchester City fans of course there is. I remember them being in League One and still getting good attendances so there is a core fan base there but some of these they've probably been alienated more than most they have some of them don't like it I have spoken to Man City fans in the past myself who don't like this new Manchester City they prefer how it used to be which is mental of course but yeah I do wonder how many of them would stick around if they were in League One all of a sudden again well, uh, you know the thing I don't get is the just the fact that the, the City fans feel like they, they live on a different planet they just will not accept this 115 charges it couldn't possibly no I know I totally get that but like still like even when we were at that event the other day and like people were joking about 115 and like as if it just isn't actually a thing but like this is something that seriously in years time you will get done for and if you don't get done for there's something that you've done with the Premier League that has made it go away because the Premier League are there um, and this is why I don't really mind like I don't think 10 points is the right amount of points for Everton I think that's too much but if it is 10 points 
as long as you're consistent with that, then I can't really say anything. As long for every single breach, there's 10 points minimum. And bear in mind, it shouldn't just be 10 points per breach for Manchester City because Everton didn't cover their tracks. Manchester City broke all these FFP rules and then tried to cover their tracks for the past seven, eight years. So... Yeah, it's I I I can't be asked. Like it's just it's cheating, and you just shouldn't you shouldn't be allowed in the sport. I've really. got a, I've got a graphic up in front of us from the Swedish Rumble, um, oh, who's done a, a a huge thread. But this one kind of summarises, I suppose. And he said, uh, or they've said, uh, what is MCFC charged for? The blow table summarises the charges. They can be sorted under five to six categories. I would say it's thirty-two charges. Some will say one hundred and fifteen, since X regards several provisions in the Premier League book. Some of these charges are really complex, but not all. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine not provided correct financial information, um, not provided full details of manager remuneration, 4LM, um, not provided full details of Premier League, uh, player remuneration, six of them, breach UEFA FFP, that's five seasons of that, breach Premier League's profits and sustainability regulations, three years of that, and not assisted with the Premier League investigation, five full years of that um, since all this stuff came out. And like this thread, like I'll just sort of give you a quick whiz through it now, if you don't mind. Um, it's absolutely brilliant mm. uh, Swedish rumble on Twitter um, and you can see it goes into quite some depth and detail Very good. Uh, I, yeah it's it's absolutely brilliant he breaks down all the charges and they I don't know if I know it's a he that's why I'm saying they um, he or she breaks down the, the charges and gives you clippings from the rule book and all kinds really go and check it out it really is good um, and just to sort of cover on the Chelsea stuff as well actually um, the guy Guardian and the Bureau of Investigative Journalism reported leaked files show the Russian billionaire used offshore companies to make transactions worth tens of millions of pounds to agents and associates, which appear to have been for the club's benefit and could have breached financial rules if they were not officially declared. They weren't officially declared. No. Um, so Chelsea are in a spot of bother. They've not been charged with anything yet. Manchester City have got the 115 charges hanging over their heads, <laughs> um, like the sword of Damocles. But does it not, to bring it back to Everton, does it feel, Dan, like... Everton are being punished for what the Premier League can't do to the others. Potentially. I think they'll see it that way. And I know a lot of people immediately, myself included, kind of jumped on the bandwagon of, uh, well, what about Manchester City? What about Chelsea? It's not quite as simple as that. They, the Everton one time-wise have been going on for longer for a kickoff. Plus, that was one charge. And they've been working in cooperation with the Premier League, which they'll see as a positive. But that's kind of sped things along as well. It's made life easier. When you are saying, look, here's the books, come and examine them, that makes the process a lot easier. Whereas, as you've just mentioned, Manchester City are very, not, very much not doing that, which makes it more complicated. Plus, the Man City one, in terms of calendar goes further back than the Everton stuff but in terms of when it became apparent to the to the wider public not so so I'm not surprised that's taken a little bit longer Chelsea likewise that only came about in the last few weeks really so that's going to take a little bit of time as you mentioned not actually been charged as of yet I imagine they won't get the book thrown at them quite as much as Everton or Manchester City when that does come around because they, they're the ones who flagged it up essentially to the Premier League and they're going to get some brownie points for that I would imagine it might just be a fine or something so yeah I, I'm not surprised but I'm also not surprised by the reaction as well because when you have got Everton with their measly one charge getting deducted 10 points and we have got Manchester City with their countless charges and not just the charge as well because we've all known there's been wrong 
with Man City for quite some time now. Even before the UEFA stuff came about, we've all known it stunk. Like it just stunk from the outset, didn't it? Of course it did. And the remuneration stuff is the most interesting stuff to me because I remember um, when Mancini was in charge, there was all talk about him getting paid in all kinds of different yep. ways. And the fact that is amongst it is no surprise to me either. So, yeah, I I do wonder. I mentioned it earlier whether they have sort of set a bit of a precedent. I made an example of Everton a little bit with this 10 points and gone, you think this is bad, just you wait. And I think if that is the case, for instance, if they did 10 points for Everton and then on Wednesday this week they said, oh, Manchester City are going to get relegated and we're stripping all their titles, the world, including yourself, <coughs> Chloe, we using about consistency, would go, yeah, fair enough, wouldn't I'd they? Want and you mean, yeah, everyone would want more, of course they would. But How many that- divisions? Four. Sunday League. Yeah. But that's part of the anger right now, isn't it? Especially from Evertonians, by the way, who do not want Liverpool to benefit in any way, shape or form from this, of course. you know. But even they are saying, well, what about Manchester City? It's kind of made the noise go up and up and up, they which is kind of what the Premier League wanted. Them, uh, they, they forgot all about those charges when they didn't want Liverpool to win a title. Which is oh, and this, is, this is why I've got a smile on my face about you the know? 10 points for Everton. Is that I remember them singing about having a party with Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. And when they win the that, cup. Yeah, so, yeah. like... And, but it kind of does, as an adult, bring me back to this is the fucking problem with the banter yep. shit. Yeah, I hate like, it. <laughs> like everyone needs to just re- recognise that we, you know we don't like those certain football clubs and stuff like that. But like the Premier League is so corrupt and so useless, whether it's corrupt or not, it's completely and utterly useless that we all get shafted by them all the time. Liverpool United could actually agree on something here, couldn't we? <coughs> as, a, as a fan base, you know what I mean? We could both, for the first time in my lifetime, look at this and go, well, Man City are really the bad guys in all of this. Like, at least we're two established. But I'll never forget that Man United wanted City to beat us to yeah. everything. Well, exactly. well, because because I'm a fucking fan and that's what... Yeah. Well, we're bigger than them, that's why. Yeah. But yeah, and the COVID stuff when that came about, everyone saying asterisk title. I'll tell you what, will be asterisk titles all of Manchester City. And they should be already when people have conversations about Manchester City and their wonderful football side. Yeah. Isn't it, boss, how good they are? <laughs> Look how they play. They've got all these lads on the bench. Isn't it amazing? No, it's cheating. That, Say that it for what it thing. is. Like Mika Richards and all of them going on in that Sky Sports studio about how good Pep Guardiola is and how good the football he play and how good of an establishment he is and the fact that they break these records and it's like yeah but the reason they've got there is through years and years and years of cheating like it's they've not done it fairly Um, but are the Premier League not embarrassed because you're an extremely massive organisation and yet three people are cheating in your league like are you not are you not embarrassed that you can't control these Mm. people like they're taking the piss out of you to be perfectly honest and that's why if they do you know come down hard with consequences. I'm all for it. And Pep Guardiola stuff so. is another conversation altogether, by the way, and I'm not his biggest fan, so forgive me for one moment. Um, there's already investigations going on back in Spain in La Liga about like all the league titles oh, he won with the best like reasons. He's under like investigation collectively across City and Barcelona for about 20 of his 25 <laughs> league titles. I think we're going to say one of his league titles looks legit at this moment <laughs> in time. Buy him so. one. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> well, you can't lose anyway, so you may as well. You've probably got there and went, don't need to cheat here, do I? Be right. <laughs> yeah, it's fine, but, we'll be uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> we'll just carry on buying their best players. Yeah, that'll do it, yeah. Do you want to play a bit of bingo? How many years until City actually get charged? Five or six. No, it won't be that long. I can't live that long, I don't think, waiting. I think I think it happens next year. No, I next don't. Next summer. Next summer. End yeah. of the season, next summer. And what are you saying happens then? Ooh, that's a good question. I think they do get relegated to the championship, which I don't understand, by the way. And they get relegated to the championship <laughs> and they get 
four of their titles taken off them. But I don't understand. They just come straight back up. Like, this is the thing I don't get. Like, how. Do you think all the players stay? Yeah. No. They'll be up there the next year. No, I don't Wait, think they do. but it, you said next year. Yeah, I'm just a saying. A lot of things. those players are in, like, I mean, most of them are in the 30s. They've got a lot of young, really good, talented footballers. But, like, some of them are in their 30s. Those players will just stay there because they're the transfer. Phil Foden will absolutely tell Piero it. Yeah. And stay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kevin because you'll finally stay. get a you know a run in the first team <laughs> that he deserves anyway. To be fair, will they be able to still because they're in the championship? Uh, look, I don't. They've <coughs> came out with record um, revenue. Revenue, yeah, haven't yeah. they? Does that mean how much you can pay your players and stuff? Like, will any of that change if they're in the championship? They made eighty million profit, I believe, last mm. accounts. Which is that factors it. into what you can spend. It does, yeah. But the problem is, is so much of that is being investigated as well because not all that's legit. I'd like that to be investigated now. I reckon they go down two divisions, but it doesn't happen for half a decade. Half oh, a decade. But, but I might. My like, God. Oh no. And by then they could be on. Well, how many details are they on now? I don't know. Is it nine? In total, I think it's yeah. nine across. They could like, be on oh. like 40 league titles at that point. Yeah. But every single one but of them, this is the problem, every single one of them from now on is going to be tarnished. Every single one of them. It should be anyway, because they should look at it and go, yeah, you're cheating. What? You've got a lawyer, is it Panic, the name? You've got Lord Panic looking into all your stuff, mate. You, you, you're fucked. Is there a way in which they don't get any of their titles taken off them because it's already happened and they just get relegated? That's, because that, how is that allowed? How are you allowed to cheat and keep your titles? How does that work? Well, you're not, are you? But then the Premier League will be looking at that going, is that in the Premier League's best interest to have titles taken off? The, it's something Serie A had to decide. And Serie A, like, to be fair, when you think about what Serie A actually did to AC Milan and to Juventus mm. and Fiorentina, I mean, that was a hell of a decision. And I don't back the Premier League to be able to take such no. a strong decision. No. That is the precedent, though. And, and <laughs> if the Premier League had any backbone, they should do that. Because you're right, you mentioned it earlier, Chloe, like, they are making a mockery of it. They've been making a mockery of it for nine on a decade now. So the Premier League do, let's just say, they're bang to rights on 50 of these 115 charges that we're talking about. And they have the capacity to prove them, and it's beyond reasonable doubt, and they absolutely nailed them down on it. The Premier League should then turn around and say, you've been absolutely taking a piss for 10 years here. We're going to take this, 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 and this off you. Oh, and by the way, here's a fine, here's a point reduction, see you in League One, or whatever it is. That should be the way to go about it. But unfortunately, we live in a world now whereby that's such a bad image for the Premier League. They probably will avoid that decision. You're right, Serie A did it, and you know, credit to them for it. But I'm not entirely convinced. I'd like to be convinced, but I'm not entirely convinced the Premier League will follow that precedent. No, there's a couple of good good chat messages in here actually. In uh, Carlos B, um, five year ban um, from the Premier League, sent to the National League, maximum fine and a transfer ban. Transfer like ban's that. an interesting point. Yeah, Prem backbone. Just this, one of these things is not like the others, just doesn't belong. And then we've got Hitchin Bars who sends us a cheaper chat and says, in order to stop them from keeping all their best players, would you give them a European ban? Now, this is the one that really interests me um, because I, so there's a part of me, I don't know whether you can do this, but I'm assuming the FA have to give permission to enter those clubs. Wouldn't it be great if they went, yeah, okay, we're going to relegate Yeah, We know you're coming back the next season. We're going to give you a 10-year European ban. And watch how many players don't go to Man City because of that. Mm. Because that actually would hurt them a it lot, wouldn't, wouldn't happen, it? Like, why wouldn't it happen? Because you've got to. If I'm the F, if I'm the FA, 
I want people who play by the rules to, you know, it's it's like anything, I suppose. You know, if you're going out and you're working somewhere, you want someone from your work to go and and do well for you. You you know what I mean? If the Premier League is like, well, I don't want to send cheats into Europe. Mm. I'm going to get my own house in order. Mm. It won't happen, you're right, of course, because the Premier League are fucking knobheads or whatever. But that could be an interesting way around it to give them a a European ban or a transfer ban or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I think a transfer ban is a really interesting point. I'd love it. Um, and it's been done in the past obviously Chelsea suffered one 18 months ago two years ago now was it that was related <laughs> to something slightly different I'm not quite sure how the two marry up but yeah there has to be something more and what it cannot be in the amongst it is a fine, a fine. because a fine does absolutely <laughs> nothing like if they walk away from this with a fine like they did in UEFA like I mentioned earlier to be fair a lot of people when this first emerged were like oh well they just get hit with a fine or look the UEFA one didn't stick it is a completely different proposition because as I mentioned earlier the time bar and stuff you, City were found guilty of what UEFA charged yeah. them off like they were done bang to right on it but because of the time elapsed they couldn't do them for it so that doesn't exist in the Premier League so I don't have a concern there because I understand people be like well it'll just go away again and it won't it will absolutely come to fruition in one way or another um, so yeah I'm still confident and holding out hope they will get done for it and I think you're right I think something like a European ban a transfer ban would just be that little bit of extra incentive that we might need hmm. it's really interesting stuff though and it, it does sort of make you want to get the popcorn out if you know when the city thing's coming you could book a couple of days and oh, just yeah. sit on Twitter and enjoy it that. and all that type of stuff but um, I suppose that wraps up the podcast for this week I don't think we've solved anything I think we've decided that the Everton thing is majorly harsh probably um, we're looking forward to what happens to Manchester City we're hoping the Premier League has a backbone but I think ultimately for me kind of just wish that everybody would get on the same page with regards to Premier League and get them to sort their shit out because it's their inadequacies that I think allow football clubs to take the piss out of them to be honest with you and you've got teams like look, look Liverpool I think from the from the get go with FSG and stuff have kind of wanted FFP to work it was in their best to. interest because they didn't have the money to do it no. like you know they didn't have the money to go toe to toe with it City um, or, and now Newcastle and these other teams and stuff but then equally there'll be fans of this going you didn't even mention the fact that six clubs tied together into a European Super League <laughs> No, I didn't. You're right. Um, <laughs> and and what was that? A small fine that we get in the end? We got fined for that in the end. It was like yeah. three and a half million quid. Yeah. People do extrapolate that upwards though and say they tried to leave the Premier League. We didn't. Yeah. We tried to leave the Premier League. It was a rival for the Champions League is what it was. Yeah. So people do misremember that a little bit. But yeah, Liverpool were wrong, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. And as with the other five And clubs, as, the, as yeah. did our fans tell them. Yes, yeah. 100%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the other yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Jürgen Klopp also was very much on the fan side in yeah. terms of saying it as well it wasn't like we had people trying to hide things or not what, state it for what it was what I will say and I'll be in the minority here on the Super League forgive me you wait for aren't the good guys amongst no. all this by the way no. let's get that out there early they doors. use that to change the Champions League exactly yeah. and that's, that stinks as well um, one of the major issues with the European Super League was the lack of meritocracy in it in the fact it was a closed shop and only those clubs were in it forever if that had some form of relegation and promotion I think people would have been slightly more open to the idea of it but it was wrong for now and it was ill-timed and all the rest of it but again I'll say like if that was a rival for the Champions League and everyone's holding UEFA as this really high standard that's not exactly true either 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, so there you go. We're going to go over to redmenplus.com. You can join us uh, to take a look at all of our rivals' fixtures. I'm sure the City stuff is going to crop up again uh, and rear its ugly head. Um, we'll be on redmenplus.com in around about 15 minutes, something like that. You can use the code BIASED, B-I-A-S-E-D, and you'll get 50% off a monthly captain subscription for the first two months. Come over there. You'll get all the Christmas content and stuff like that as well, which promises to be great. We've had a, a few meetings about that stuff uh, we're looking forward to filming that and getting that out there for everybody over the Christmas period obviously you get like 11 fixtures worth more as well uh, to be fair because hopefully we'll have the cup stuff coming in there back, uh, middle of January and stuff like that so yeah get over redmenplus.com we'll be doing the next show the biased football podcast very soon thank you very much and thank you very much and we'll see you next time That's right. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.